Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Running today a follow-up story to a story we did back in December. It was December 23rd, I believe, the day before Christmas Eve. We had an opportunity to speak with Chelsea Rappin. Chelsea Rappin, a former UVM women's hockey standout who was hoping to get the call for the Beijing Olympics as a uh, as a women's ice hockey official. She did get that call maybe three weeks after our interview aired. She did the Olympics in Beijing. We wanted to set up the interview to see how it went. So Chelsea is with us now. Chelsea, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Excellent. Well, I appreciate you being with us. You know, you've had now at this point, I don't know, a month and change or so to kind of digest your Olympic experience. What was it like? Well, it was pretty, it was pretty surreal. Like I've, I've dreamt of this growing up playing hockey and my path has changed slightly from playing to officiating, but being able to represent not only the U S but the international ice hockey federation as an ice hockey official was absolutely amazing. What was, what were the nerves like? You get nervous playing. What were the, are the nerves there when you're an official? You know, the nerves are definitely there, but I would have to say this Olympics, it was way different than any world championships. I almost felt more at ease on the ice than I would normally do because I think it was everything else that was surrounding the Olympics and the testing that we had to do, um, the high security that we were going through. Um, it, it, it made going on the ice like your happy place. So it was definitely different than any other experience. And I thankfully was very thankful to have that opportunity to kind of escape everything else and just go do what you do and do it well. You know, I was going to ask you about what the COVID experience was like, because I, I don't know if this was a game you were doing, but wasn't it Canada and Russia where there was all this, you know, the Russians tests weren't in on time. They played the first period in mass. Canada stayed mass like the entire game. I mean, it was a crazy scenario just that night alone. Yeah, that was my game. Wow. They kept on actually calling my last name Rapine. And now everyone makes fun of me and calls me Rapine, which is great. Um, apparently I'm French now. Um, but yes, that was my game. We had, they gave us the option originally to wear masks. And then they came back and said, we suggest that you wear masks. Huh. I'm like, okay. And as we were getting ready to get onto the ice to drop the puck, Canada wasn't out there. And we're like, hmm, well, how long do we wait? What's standard protocol? I'm like, well, we wait five minutes. And then if they don't come, we warn them. And then they get a penalty if they still don't come. And then, you know, then they have to necessarily forfeit. But this is a totally different environment where, you know, we are waiting on COVID tests. So there's no protocol for that. There is no scenario in the IHF rulebook that tells you, hmm, what do we do in this situation? So they were trying to figure that out at the same time as I was on the ice trying to have a conversation with the Russian head coach and assistant coach. And then their assistant captain speaks very good English. So I was able to kind of translate through her to the head coach what we were doing and what the policy and the protocol was, which we really didn't have one. <laughs> I was going to ask you, at what point did you figure out what was going on? Well, we were definitely made more like aware of the situation that could be possibly happening before the game. Okay. Um, we were kind of privy to a little bit of information, but not a ton. Um, and then when we were talking to the head um, chair, 
chairperson or the head kind of officiating person, um, the supervisor, he was kind of telling us a little bit more in the steps and the the procedures. And a lot of it actually dealt with the, you know, the IIHF on a higher level that we didn't have any, you know, any hearsay because they were all trying to figure out that behind the scenes at the same time. Wow. Crazy. Unbelievable. That was your game as well. We're talking with Chelsea Rapp and former UVM women's hockey standout just came back from refereeing at the Olympics. You know, the, the, Olympic Village is a is there's legendary stories that come out of the Olympic Village. I know that I know obviously it was going to be different this year. What's the referees version of the Olympic Village? Do you even have an Olympic Village? There is no Olympic Village. We stayed at a Holiday Inn. Wow. <laughs> and we weren't allowed on the campus of the Olympic Village. Actually, we weren't allowed to get souvenirs. We pretty much made our trip from the hotel to the ice rink ice rink to back to the hotel. And that's all we were allowed to see. Um, we made a bus. There was a bus that took us there and back. Um, and that was it. We didn't get to experience any other events. Um, but other than ice hockey, which was good. It was awesome. It was great to see the different games. We went and saw a couple of men's games, which was really cool. Really nice experience that we weren't necessarily guaranteed that we were going to actually do. The one thing that we did get to do was go to the Olympic ceremonies, which the opening ceremonies. So that was, we weren't promised that we weren't guaranteed that at all going into it. So getting that extra surprise was just, it was just absolutely amazing. They actually did get more of a crowd at these games than I was anticipating. I was truly anticipating seeing nobody in the crowd at all. It seemed like as the the two weeks went on, there were more people allowed in. I don't know if they were other countries' athletes, you know, maybe a men's team supporting the women and vice versa, but it did seem at least like there was some energy in the building, which must have been nice. Yeah, so originally it was just a 1,000 Chinese citizens who okay. were paid to go and watch the games. So they would have this little slideshow that would tell and explain what the game of ice hockey was because some people in that ice rink never had seen the sport before. So they had to explain what the goaltender did. They explained what the players did. They explained icing and offsides and penalties, which was really cool to kind of just watch that. Um, And then after they showed up, they had to then quarantine for a week or two after. So they paid them. Then they had to quarantine from just attending the event. I'm like, hey, here, here's your part-time job for the week. What are you going to do for this week for part-time work? I'm going to go watch a sport I've never seen before and then have to isolate completely for a week after. That is insane to me. But they got so into it, which was pretty <laughs> cool. You know, like all these stadiums are huge. They're massive. So just to have a thousand even Chinese citizens who don't know much about the ice, the the sport of ice hockey is is still a really cool experience that – most people can never say that they've been to an event like that. From so, the caliber of play standpoint, how was it from your vantage point? We know that Canada won the gold, beat the beat the Americans. You saw the Canadians up close and, and personal. You know, uh, um, Poulin is maybe the best player in the world. She's got to be awesome to see up close and personal. What was the playing like um, from your vantage point up close? I was really surprised from Worlds. That was just in August to all the way until February the growth of some of the teams that were maybe in kind of the B pool was tremendous. And we wouldn't normally see that in a a five month or six month period like that. So it was just very, very interesting to see the amount of growth that happened in some of those teams. 
And it was almost shocking to some of us because um, we normally see them year after year and it's a full year in between, but they spent a tremendous time and a tremendous, tremendous amount of effort trying to put these teams in place to be able to be competitive in the A pool even. So it was, you know, again, a very unique experience. We don't normally see that. So I think it was, I mean, it was an, a tremendous honor to be a part of it. You know, I know as an official, you have to be neutral. So if you can't answer this question, you can just disregard it. And I'll go to something else. But put your analyst hat on for a second if you're allowed to. How much did the Brianna Decker injury impact the Americans as someone who I'm sure you've seen multiple times throughout? Well, I, I think for any team, you, losing one of your better players is going to be a bigger deal, right? So we take a look at Sidney Crosby when he was out for a full year. You know, the Penguins didn't have – as good of a caliber of goal scorers. It's it's kind of the same. So any, any team that was there, if they lost their bigger, bigger kind of goal score, um, you know, they're going to have a harder time against any team. Right. So, I mean, and it's happened in, in women's hockey, even, even at worlds, Mueller was out for, for the rest of the tournament at worlds. And it's the same thing. You know, it, it just is tough when you lose one of your bigger goal scorers in an event like that former uvm women's hockey player chelsea rapping with us here on the brady farkas show on wdev am and fm and wdevradio.com you know because of your isolation at the olympics i'm sure you didn't get the uh, you know the chance to take a picture with the uvm crew that was there but i want you to know that th- there was a really big groundswell of support for all the catamounts that were there you know i had spoken to amanda pelkey at some point around the olympics and she obviously mentioned playing with you and supporting you and coach plumer had said the same thing. And we know, um, you know, uh, a player on the UVM women's team now won a bronze for Finland, I believe. And, uh, you know, players at Czech Republic scored a couple of goals. So there was a heavy catamount contingent there. How cool was it to be a part of it, even if you didn't get to interact with them, you know, in that way? Yeah, I didn't really get to interact with them too much. I did yeah. see um, a SUNY on the last day, and I was able to say congrats and um, it, it was just a different environment. You know, typically you're able to walk around and do a ton, ton of things in, in the Olympic Village or go to different events and see all these players out and about. We didn't have that option. So, yeah. um, but it was still really cool to be part of such not only the ice hockey community, yet, but there's there was a ton of UVM, you know, alum, current athletes at the Olympics. True. You know, I wish I could have seen some of the the ex, you know, UVM cross country skiers, and even like Kevin Drury went to, went to school around the same time, and he was in he representing Canada and um, uh, cross country ski or not cross country skiing, uh, ski cross. Yeah, so it would have been really cool to go to all these different events and you know represent UVM and see see all the ex alum there and and support them because you know honestly we didn't have families we didn't have friends there so even (laughs) even having just you know one ex alum might have been a big deal so um, you know what's next what's next for you now you know the olympics are over but these international things they get going again pretty quickly here you know we start the cycle all over again so what's next for you on the officiating front well, I just got done with Frozen Four. I was able to work at a oh. semifinal for Frozen Frozen Four in Penn State, which was awesome. Um, you know, ha- coming back, I didn't necessarily know that that was going to be an option, so it was great to get back and do such a high level caliber game again. Um, I uh, I'm going to probably take a couple months off, um, <laughs> but I am looking to get back to at least college. 
I'd love to throw my name in the hat again for uh, at least another world championship. That would be great. I mean, I love traveling. I love, I love working with my officials from all over the world. So, you know, that's one good thing is I get to go see my friends from all over the world at all these events and get to catch up and hang out for two weeks and, (laughs) and go ref some pretty amazing hockey. So I can't say that I want to be done, but you know, when my time comes, my time comes, I'll try and, and, and go a little bit further, but we'll see what happens. Aren't you a physical therapist at UVM Medical Center? Like, how do you, how, you must have the coolest boss ever. I do have one of the coolest bosses ever. And you know what? I've got some pretty cool coworkers too, because they cover me when I'm gone. So I can't thank them enough. I honestly can't thank the, the whole, you know, Vermont community enough. Honestly, you know, the amount of people that have touched me on this path is tremendous. And from officiating, from coworkers, from even patients, it's just, I really can't thank them enough. They have helped me get through this journey and, you know, all my friends, all my family um, and my wife. I mean, it, it's just to go this far, you need a village. And I yeah. definitely have a village and I really cannot thank them enough. Well, so cool. Chelsea, appreciate the time today. We'd love to do it again sometime. Yeah, thanks.